Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about a deflated football club. And as always happens on a Saturday night away game, we get together, we have some dinner, we spend all Saturday getting excited for it, and ten minutes into the first quarter, you think, why did I bother, Laura? I don't even think I got ten minutes into the first quarter, to be honest. The third goal went through, the third goal went through, and we were done. Do you know when I knew it was bad? Oh, I know it. Literally in the first few minutes of the game, centre bounce, Nick Bryan taps the ball, Darcy Parrish scoops it up, kicks it out of the middle, straight to a Geelong player. And as soon as I saw that, I was, oh, it was bad. Mm. It was a bad, I just had a really bad gut feeling about that. Mm. And, oh gosh, I'm so disappointed for so many reasons, but. You know what I feel about the Bombers? Mm, is tell me. When most teams, when someone has a big milestone, when it's a big occasion, the teams lift. When the Bombers have a big occasion, being our beloved captain, Zach Merritt's 200th, or whether it was the 150-year celebration last year, whatever it is, whenever there's a big occasion, it feels like the Bombers do the exact opposite of lift. It's like they're going to come out and offer up their shit performances. It was a very Essendon night. Yeah, I was really, really disappointed because I thought as a football club we had gotten past these sorts of performances and especially disappointed that for someone who leaves everything out on the field every week, that we didn't get anywhere near a Zach Merritt-like performance from anyone else in the group. You think if there's going to be one game where you look at the context of our season, you look at the context of this game, a win against Geelong away from home is such a statement in the context of the season and essentially almost locks up a final spot for us. And we've got Zach Merritt's 200th that you'd think if it's ever going to happen, it'll be tonight. But... I mean, we're probably not going to spend a lot of time on the game because there's not a whole heap to analyse. But if you look at that performance, that was worse than our round one performance last year. And something that's quite alarming for me is that in our last four games, we've had two really good performances, probably our two best performances, and then also bookended by our two absolute worst performances for the year. So it's... A little bit concerning and certainly a very big reality check for us in that for some reason over the last couple of seasons, we come up against Geelong and we just do not show up in the first quarter and that is enough for them to put the game to bed. Like by halfway through that first quarter, we when we were five or six goals down, we knew that game was done and mm. it's a very deflating very disheartening position to be in as a supporter and certainly as I'm sure for the players. Um, but I mean, we're not going to shy away from the fact it needs to be said that that effort was putrid. That was woeful. That was not good enough. That was not AFL standard. And we're lucky in that we've only had two similar performances this year, but that was as bad as our worst performances last year and in previous 10 years. 
I've got a question though, because mm. when you say that effort, like to me, so last season, there are a lot of times where it actually looked like they didn't, they weren't bringing any effort. That's not how it looked to me on Saturday night. It didn't look to me like they weren't bringing effort. It looked to me firstly like it was really slippery out there. Um, for us. But there was for us, good. yes. Yeah. Like it was like Geelong managed the conditions really well. It didn't look like they weren't bringing effort. It looked like it just looked like they weren't matched in the big league, you know? Like yeah, they were trying to match it in the big league and they just didn't have they just weren't getting anywhere. Like they couldn't pick the ball up. They were fumbly and they it looked like they kept making poor just either making poor decisions like and kicking it to a to a it ended up being a turnover because maybe they were under pressure and were making poor decisions or that Geelong were just bigger and stronger and tougher. So it, it didn't look like they were lacking effort. It just looked like they couldn't do anything right. Yeah, so here's what happened. Geelong bought pressure and Essendon wilted under the pressure and they made panic decisions. They were they were worried about picking up the ball. So they were worried about getting rid of the ball so they didn't pick it up properly. Then when they got it, it was panic kicked. Instead of someone taking the time to take a mark, settle, and then spread the ball, um, it was just all panic stations. And then that, that snowballs. It can, they get another goal. They get they kick like something like 15 goals from turnovers or something. And yeah, the first seven lot. goals of the game were all from turnovers. And mm-hmm. admit it, like Essendon hadn't played a real game there for like 30 years against Geelong. Yes, we played during the COVID years. I think we played a couple of games there, uh, COVID years, I should say. But it's different playing that ground on against neutrals versus ver- a team that is so good at playing on that ground. That's their home ground. They know the dimensions really well um, and they can exploit it really, really well. So all of those factors tied together to just being the worst night of the season by far and mm. maybe even the worst night of the last two years. But you're right, in previous seasons, particularly last year, like this is what we got every week and it was worse than this because it did, like you say, the players had no idea. Whereas there was patches of that game where Essendon clearly were ex- trying to execute their game plan, but we just got smashed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about the the elephant in the room? There was nearly a family feud in the Don Father family, wasn't there, because of this game? No, oh, that was very funny. Yeah. Uh, the actual Don Father. We were watching at my house because um, obviously it was just three of us. Uh, the Don mother was out at some work thing, and anyway, it was just the three of us, and we were we were pretty doom and gloom pretty early on three goals in and he had enough he just had to get up and leave he went home he said i'm done with this shit i'm going home to watch it by myself i do not want to watch it with you two and yeah. off he went took yeah. his little record and off he went yeah and he probably fell asleep that quarter time but um, who, who knows who knows but yeah it was it was really really poor Tensions um, were high in the Don Father household, that's for sure. Yeah, and look, these games are just no fun to watch. They're just not no. fun because you know, you know, halfway through the first quarter, the game's over, and being the football nuffies that we are, we sit and we watch it. Yes, mm. yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's it's just not on, and I mean, long time listener Darren Darren said, well, I won't say his last name because you know he may not may not want to. 
He he made a really good point. He was suggesting that you know our bodies just aren't big and strong enough, and that we we lack um, key defensive posts, which is pretty so a narrative that's been going for most of the year. But yeah, we did get smashed in the middle. We did get smashed in the middle. But I would argue that we do have the big bodies. Like Archie Perkins is quite big and strong. He'll he'll mature a little bit more. We could have thrown Stringer in there, and really, Parrish and Merritt have been. Small. They're not. They're not actually small. Like when you stand next to them, mm. they're not actually small. But can, compared to say a Dangerfield or other bigger players, then yeah, they're a little bit small. But I mean, it was Merritt's two hundredth game, so mm. it's not like he he hasn't been dealing with that his whole career. So I, mm. I do understand his point that yeah, we're just not big and strong and, and mature enough. But outside of Setterfield, who who comes in that's a big body? You know, we already had Stringer playing. Yeah, we're missing Draper, who who can put his body in around the contest. But I I just don't think that being bigger is necessarily the solution against Geelong. I think it's a headspace thing. And I think, I mean, it was really traumatic for me. So you can only imagine for the players, right? Like, and we say traumatic. I mean... <laughs> really traumatic. Jeez, do you want to be dramatic? There's more things to, to actually... There are people that have real trauma, right? But, but as an Essendon supporter... It it was quite traumatic to have all this progress that we'd had all year and then experience a loss like that. Can you imagine the players, right, that this is now the third time in a row that they've been jumped in the first quarter. And mm. so from a sports psychology point of view, I'm not surprised they dropped their bundle. Because had we mm. scored first or had we not conceded seven goals in the first quarter, had we maybe conceded five to two or four. You know, had we been able to hold them in the first quarter, then psychologically you're in the game and you're... But as soon as they got those three quick goals, I reckon that whole team just went, holy shit, it's happening again, and they just dropped their bundle. And I wouldn't be surprised if when we play Geelong again next year, if the same thing happens, because now it's like a real psychological thing for them, I would say that, like, we can't beat this team and this team, like, smash us and completely bring us undone. Mm, mm. And and so if we're, we're looking ahead to finals, like, I do not want to be playing Geelong in the first week of finals because it will be, no. it'll be the same narrative that we've had. It'll be, you know, 7,000 days or whatever it is since Essendon's won a fight. We'll get smashed in the first quarter. We'll be mm. excited for it. We'll, we'll have that week and a bit. Nearly two weeks to get ready for it. We'll be excited for it. We think, or maybe this is the time we'll just get pumped. Yeah. There is just something about these two current groups that is like oil and water. They just, yeah. We, they are our absolute bogey team. Mm. Yeah. We literally, like, we literally took the um, deck, was Port Adelaide top on the ladder when we played them. Like, we literally uh, were. Or second, let's call it second. They were second. literally ahead at the end of the game, mm. you know, and this team that um, was below us on the ladder came out and destroyed us. Mm. Mm. So what did they kick in the first quarter? I think they kicked seven or eight. Seven goals, five. Seven goals, yeah. To one point. Like, Imagine they were accurate. Yeah, yeah. It just, it was just woeful. It was just mm. really, really woeful. And, I mean, yeah. we kicked a couple of junk time goals. But, yeah, there's – what's to say about this game? There's – I mean, I'm sure if we if, – if the coaching group are analysing it, they get a lot about positioning. They get a lot about um, all sorts of things. But from a, a fan's point of view, 
I'll give you something. We Let just got you... well. We got spashed in every possible statistic. Disposal, uh, kicks, marks. Disposal, yeah, let's talk about. Let's talk about Nick Bryan. Come on, let's not be all doom and gloom. Nick Bryan, as a young, how old is Nick Bryan? No, no. What I'm saying is that like, there's not really much for us to analyze as as a podcast. Oh no, there's, no, there's it, not. like what we just got smashed in every Everywhere. single statistic. Yeah. Um. You know, it didn't take them long to get their first goal, and the game was downhill ever since. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think there was two positives. There was mm. two positives. Nick Bryan, mm-hmm. he did really well. Like in that first, he he got a lot of the centre hit-outs, a lot, especially yeah. in the first half. I can't tell you the exact number, but I know, especially, yeah, watching, he was tapping it down much more often than the Geelong player was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Nick Bryan, I would say, and also Ben Hobbs. I thought Ben Hobbs had a good game, well, as good as anyone had on the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let, let's touch on Nick Bryan first. I was really pleased with his performance. He right? literally he was, looks like he's about 12 years old. Yeah. Look, he's he's just young, you know. I he's young. He's 20, I think he's 21 or 22. 25 hit-outs, uh, 14 disposals, 8 kicks. Six handballs and five marks, right? I that's gen- a cracker game. And one out against, I mean, Reece Stanley and and Blitzarves are not really dominant ruckmen. Their Blitzarves is is his endurance is his weapon, but Reece Stanley is is not a ruckman that strikes fear in, into me. Um, and I, so almost a perfect game for Nick Bryan to come in for. And mm. I was really when you give him. You know, eighty-three percent time on the ground. You get he did exactly what he's been doing at VFL level. At VFL mm-hmm. level, he's been getting more possessions, but he kicked a goal, floated around, took marks on the wing. His body's going to develop. He's going to get stronger. But I, that performance was so good that I actually think Wiedemann is in big trouble mm-hmm. because uh, he looks like someone well and has for a number of weeks just completely devoid of confidence and and i mean he wasn't the only one on the weekend but uh you know not clean with possessions dropped a few gettable marks didn't put his body in where where it was needed and i think with that performance from nick bryan i don't think there's any question that we don't play two rucks so phillips comes back from suspension draper's not fit so i think you go with bryan and phillips because Mm. We got more out of Brian than we have um, from Wiedemann for a number of weeks. And so, and you almost you play. Think, keep going. Sorry, go. You and you. I would say you almost play um, Phillips as another forward and have have Brian as your main ruck. Like based on the last few weeks of seeing Phillips. Well, you, you do exactly what we were doing with Draper and Phillips when um, Peter Wright was out. So yeah. the the obvious dropping is a tall forward. Um, and so it's either Wright or Wiedemann going out, uh, and I think we're getting more from Wright at the moment. And, and then you play Brian and Phillips as those other two, and Langford plays the the next tour because mm. yeah, I, I I don't think Brian can be dropped on that performance. And, Absolutely not. And yeah, I, I I think we get more from him around the ground. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. Although even Peter Wright, he's like he had that one cracker game when he came back. Mm. But the last few weeks, he's been lacking. Yeah, he's been he's been poor. But, I mean, he's coming back from a shoulder reco. So mm. I've got a little bit more patience for him. And he, and he is taking marks and he's, and he's generating shots. So... Um, All the cool kids have shoulder recos. Yeah, that's right. So I, I just don't think you drop him yet. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, and look, Hobbs, Hobbs continued his work in and under, um, having, again, becoming more... You would think he would be the obvious one to drop out of the team when the rest of our midfielders are back, but I, you can't. Not on those performances. He's been our best performing midfielder and certainly was against Geelong. And that brings me to another point. Will Snelling had his best game for quite a while. So he, he was did. the other kid on the chopping block. And I don't think on that performance you can drop him. So there, mm-hmm. you know, him, Brian, and Hobbs are probably the three that I thought had a decent game. Oh, and no, that's not true. There's one other. There's one other that we need to discuss. All right. Do you remember who? Mason Redman. No, Jaden Laverde. Oh, uh, yes. Before oh, he yeah. before he was so disgustingly sniped by Gary Rowan. Um, Can we just talk about that disgusting act from Gary Rowan? Gosh, I can't stand that guy. Yeah, I can't. Look, I, I, it wasn't intentional, but, you know, when, when you don't like a player, it just um, it just makes it worse, right? But also, that, that's, that, um, he didn't even get a free kick for that, and that's something that they tried to get out of the game. Yeah, he did slide at his legs. He was going for the, um, the spoil, but also Merrick kind of shepherded him in, into him as well. So it was, mm. it's, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully Laverty's okay. We haven't got any injury updates from him. But prior to his injury, he was by far, and not even close, our best on ground. He mm. was clean with the ball, intercept marking. He had decided that he, he'd been given a job on, um, on Rowan or um, and and Mitch uh, moving on to Cameron and he's like no nah, they're not getting a kick and he mm. yeah he was playing a real best game I've seen actually of thirty mm. um, yeah I really like the year he's having like I know he missed with some injury this year but he's I'm a big fan of Jaden Laverty big fan mm. Mm. yeah yeah me too so look Hebel Hebel was solid but. What do you say? We just got smashed everywhere. We got smashed yeah. uh, with our delivery into the forward line. They were just dominating with intercept marking. Uh, we got smashed around the midfield. Uh, their forwards got well on top, which you can't really blame our defence. I don't think it was a defensive structure kind of thing. There was just no. so much ball coming in and mm. at such high velocity and, and poor turnovers that it doesn't matter who's defending. You're just not stopping that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just think there's just not a lot to say, right? Like, it wasn't our night. It wasn't Mm. our night. Everything went badly. I guess the thing that is a bit not concerning, but I guess, like, the the two sides of us, you know, like, as in last week and the week before, we had some wins and we're daring to dream about the possibility of, of finals or whatever, and and a game like that brings you crashing back down. Like I think the difference between our best performance and our worst performance is so massive 
I think until the difference between those two becomes less, you can't be a real contender. Well, that's the thing, right, is that this year, until the Frio game, the difference between our best and our worst was actually quite close. And Mm. that, in a nutshell, has what's been so encouraging as a long-suffering, traumatised Essendon supporter, is that our worst performance and our best performance were actually pretty close together. We weren't really getting those crazy outliers or those really poor performances, but we also haven't had these amazing performances where we win from nowhere, right? So we were getting that consistency. But what, and, and this is what I said at the start of the show, the thing that's alarming for me is that in the last four weeks, we've had that golf again between best and worst performances. And mm. at this time of year with, what, seven games to go. And with it being so tight. That's not where you want your inconsistency to be creeping in. Yeah, yeah. Um, one, two, three, four. We've got six games to go. Um, and tough ones. Yeah, we've got three very winnable, uh, two 50-50s and one really tough one. So, mm. yeah, it's – look, our – I don't think anyone would have looked at that fixture and said – yeah, that's one that we're banking on to get us into the finals. Like, the, you ask any Essendon supporter during the week, and I guarantee you every one of them said, look, we, we're probably going to lose this, but if we play like we did against Port, we can beat them, and that mm. really sets us up. It's, it, and I think that hope was what that Port mm. game had given us such confidence going into this big game. And the... The loss isn't the thing that's alarming. It was the manner of the mm. loss that was alarming. You know, yeah. had we lost that game by sort of three goals and been in it for the majority of the time, you mm. go, yeah, okay, cool, jog on. Let's let's focus on the next one. But it was just so woeful and we were smashed mm. so comprehensively early that that's yeah. the alarming thing. Yeah, we were never in it. Mm-hmm. Not from the first minute. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's gonna be I'm I'm interested to see Friday night uh because of the potential response, right? What what happens to this and this is where we're gonna find out the strength of Brad Scott as a coach, right? Mm. Because it's how does he get this group to move on from that loss? How does he get this group to come immediately back into form? And how does he make sure that they don't lose too much confidence while still acknowledging what was poor about that game and trying to fix what was poor about that game? Because mm. it, there's so much, there's so much that needs to be fixed from that performance. How do we go about it? Because you look at the Fremantle game and you, and one of those instances you go, no, that was just a bad performance. That was a blip, whatever. Let's get back to our what we do well. And we did. We did against Port and we did against Adelaide. But now to have this second performance in that four-week block, it's like, okay, what is it about these two performances that is that we're not doing in that we have this poor effort and this, this lack of competitiveness? Mm. 
yeah, I don't know. That, that's the reason why I'm not an AFL coach. Mm. So look, I, if it was me, I would almost just be like, let's pretend that didn't happen and focus on what we do well. Mm. Like to me, I feel like you would almost gain more value from just trying to rebuild the confidence and saying, look, this was a poor game. Everybody knows that. We don't need to rehash it. Let's just draw a line in the sand, move forward. Mm. And so I think I think this this performance is potentially the making of a successful year, right? Because it goes one of two ways from here. We either drop off the perch and we lose to the Bulldogs, we lose to Sydney, we probably beat West Coast, probably beat North, and then we lose the next two and we end up not making finals, right? So there is a world where we finish on 11 wins mm. uh, and, and we just miss out on the finals because of percentage or we're a game outside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or this is not that dramatic, but this is almost a line in the sand of our season and we go, hang on, this was a really big reality check. We are so far off the best in the competition and it galvanizes the group and they get back to work and they say this is never happening again and mm. we get through to september it starts with the bulldogs we get a win against the bulldogs we we get into september and we face one of these big teams and and we get a scalp right because we've decided from now that we're just never going to put in a performance like that again so mm. it's I'm interested for the rest of the season to see which direction it goes. Um, and and it comes down to, I think, mental toughness of the group, which is still developing, versus mental fragility of the group. Because it's, it's very easy to fall into bad habits from previous years when the chips are really down, uh, rather than having the discipline and the confidence and the, the ability to be able to change not only the course of a game, but the course of a season um, yeah. and, and do that intentionally. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's going to be an interesting next six weeks, I think. But I don't know. I don't know that there's much more to say about this game. Anything, anything in particular that you wanted to bring up? Any incidents, any... Um, any contests, anything that, that really comes to mind? No, not really. Not really. I, yeah. What, there's nothing. It was just one of those days where they just weren't, it, just nothing went right. Mm. Nothing went right. It, so, yeah. So to come out of the game, um, Brad Scott said he expected Laverty should be okay because obviously mm-hmm. he came back on after his injury. Uh, mm. But they decided that, look, with where the game is at, we're just taking them off. It's interesting mm-hmm. that Stringer essentially didn't play the last quarter either. Um, Did he not? Yeah, he was on the bench for the last 24 minutes. Yeah, right. So, but he's not listed um, as injured. So maybe, again, they just decided, hey, we're getting nowhere. He might be carrying a niggle or something. Um, mm. and just bring him on. Uh, Redmond? He, I heard on the news earlier, he spent yesterday in hospital having plastic surgery on his lip after that collision with Jeremy Cameron and he left training early. So he potentially may not 
get up on Friday night. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, mm. So yesterday he had plastic surgery mm. and left training early. I think it's probably related to his surgery, not anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, left left training early today because of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, feeling not great was what he said. Yeah, so I, I suspect um, not not being with my, you know, not being that close to them. I expect it's probably an anaesthetic-related thing. Um, mm, potentially. Yeah, I I don't know how you, I whenever I have anaesthetic, the next day I feel real rubbish. So mm. I, I wouldn't be too alarmed at that. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a relatively big operation. Well, mm. any operation is a big deal, I should say. It's not mm. a relatively big operation in the context of operations, but... Uh, any operation is a big deal, and I think it's probably an anaesthetic thing related yeah. to that. I don't think it's – I'm not overly concerned. Mm. Um, Ridley seemed to pull up well after his injury the week before. Mm, yeah, Ridley looks good. Uh, Redmond, I think, is really the only concern. Nick Hind was decent when he came on. Mm. Um, but, I mean, Redmond would be a big loss, particularly in such a really big game. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Should we just I crack agree. into um to looking forward? Let's crack into it. Let's do it. Yeah, it's Bulldogs are coming off a, a pretty disappointing loss as well, aren't they? They are. They are. And again, it's like the Adelaide game. We're fighting for the same spot. Yeah, and, and this is look, if we in the context of the season, uh, this is that good old fashioned eight point game. Mm. Um oh, I mean, I did watch the end of this game and it was pretty frenetic. Uh, very relatively low scoring, eleven goals each. Mm. Um, but Sydney just got it done in the end. Yeah, and the Bulldogs had their opportunities; they just didn't take them. Mm. So, the, this is another team that's been a, a bit of a bogey team of ours in, in recent years. I mean, we did have that really good win against them in two thousand and one. Uh, when they 2001. Were no, no, 20, <laughs> no, no, sorry, not 2001. 20, 2021. Oh, that's right, um, when they were, yes. Yeah. and they, Interestingly, that, back in the year 2000, was it 2000 or 2001 when we went undefeated and they were the only ones that beat us? That was 2000. So 2000. You, you can't go undefeated if someone beats you, Laura? That, uh, I mean, well, it was round 21. It was round 21. Yeah. We were undefeated up until round 21 and they beat us. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, and we, just, the premiership with that loss, I feel. But that's right. That's right. But, um, yeah, 2021, we had a really good uh, win late in the year. They dropped to fifth by the end of the season and ended up playing off in the grand final. But apart from that, they've been another team that has just had their ways with us for a number mm. of years. Um, so it's, look, I'm way less confident than I would have been two weeks ago in this game. I'm not confident at all. I'm not, no. yeah, I'm not confident at all. No. Like, I reckon two weeks ago you would have said 50-50, but now I reckon it's probably like 70-30 their way. Mm, mm. But they're not playing great football, and they're not particularly – they're not winning the contest really well. So I think if we get back to our level of controlling the contest and then moving the ball um, un, with uncontested marking, I think we can get them. Like, our, mm. I think – if we get back to our more consistent performances, we, we can get them um, mm. because they've only really got the Bont playing really good football. Everyone else is a little bit down um, on their 
previous season's performances, and mm. that's been consistent across the year. Um, so I think, yeah, massive, massive game coming up. But apart from Wiedemeyer for Phillips, I just don't know who comes in. Mm. I don't know. I yeah. mean... Yeah, I don't I don't think I I don't think like anybody had a like there was one person that had a particularly poor performance other than like Will Wiedemann. But I think it was just collectively poor. Like I don't know that you go making crazy changes. I I don't think Wiedemann was more poor than anyone else. So no, I don't, no I don't, but he's been poor for over. a number of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, so my point is, my point is not that I, I'm picking on Sam Wiedemann because I think it's it's difficult. I mean, he he's a guy that has lacked confidence and um, you know, is is sort of getting stuck in that same lack of confidence cycle, even in a new environment. And I don't necessarily think that dropping him is the right thing to do, but. We can't continue to carry someone who is not necessarily performing their role well. When we've seen with Nick Bryan to come in and we've seen a system that worked earlier in the year to have two Ruckman instead of two key forwards, that if my overall point is if we're choosing between that Nick Bryan performance and that Sam Wiedemann performance, I'm taking the Nick Bryan performance every, yeah. every day of the week. Of course um, so I yeah I'm not saying that you know he he's the reason we lost he's not everyone oh, no, absolutely everyone not. was shit everyone yeah. across the board yeah, yeah. uh the captain included had a really really poor night uh apart from Laverde before I got injured um but the I'm really concerned for Dylan Shiel because he's been in and out um and clear, clearly hasn't been right clearly hasn't been right since he went out injured and yet Still gets played as sub, still comes in, is an emergency, plays a week, drops out. So as far as I'm concerned, he's not coming in till he's 100% fit. And I'm not convinced that one week off makes him 100% fit. So he's mm. not coming in. The only one that I would consider, that, well, there's two actually, sorry. Uh, Elijah Sardis has built over a number of weeks and had mm. an 11 clearance, 30 disposal game against Geelong's VFL team on the weekend. I I was going to mention that because I was watching the VFL yesterday and I did see that he had a very good game. So I was going to ask, does he come in? So I think it's very difficult to keep him out. But who uh, does he come in for, though? Yeah, so he comes like in Guelphie for... Like or Snelling would have been your initial, um, you know. I, but I, I don't think... think... Keep going. I, was, I don't think either of those two warrant being dropped based on their performances over the last couple of weeks. Mm, mm. I think he comes in for one of the small forwards. I think he comes in for Snelling, Menzi or Guelphie. Um, yeah, but I don't I don't think either I or any of those three players over I think they've all been really good over the last few weeks and I don't feel that they deserve to lose their position. Mm. Maybe Menzi out of those three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think, like, I don't think Guelphie or Snelling particularly deserve to be dropped. 
Well, Guelphie had nine disposals. I mean, it was a terrible night for the Fords. Guelphie had nine. Menzi had ten. Snelling only had The ball had wasn't 13. getting there. Yeah, Snelling had 13. That's surprising to me. He looked like he, he'd gotten more of it. I don't um, think that he got more of it. He was in there tackling and he, w- he had a big presence. I don't think that he got more Yeah, but ball. no, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised that he only had 13. It seemed to me watching the game that he got more. Um, yeah. Clyde, Caldwell's only had 12, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I Yeah, I don't know that you can keep him out. Maybe it's a case of dropping a small defender and, and mm. bringing him in. And then, so you, you play Redmond and McGrath as the smalls. If Laverde's fit, you know, maybe it's a you you make some move, some room elsewhere. Maybe mm. um, Durham needs a break, but you know, maybe someone saw, etc. You know what I mean? There's yeah, yeah. Um, so I, th- but I think you've got to find a spot for him. So I think he's been really good, and Waller is continuing to build uh, mm. his case for a return. He's not getting big numbers, but he's around the ball. He's got class. He tackles mm. well. His pressure is up. So they're the only two that I think you would consider coming in barring injuries. Mm. Um, and I would I like Phillips just comes straight back in. Yeah. Yeah. Unless unless Drake is fit. Mm. Yeah. But um it's it's a tough one, right? Because you, you look at our games coming up and obviously a win against the Bulldogs is super helpful. Super, super mm. helpful. Uh, but then we've got Swans. Sydney, Sydney, who have just beaten the Bulldogs, but it's in Melbourne. Sydney played them up there. Uh, then we've got West Coast and North, who are woeful. So you would, if we're going to play finals, those three are wins, right? Uh, which are you penciling in the Sydney one as a win? Yeah. Well, if we're going to play finals, it is for sure. Oh yeah. Um. So that was 10, 11, 12 with those three weeks coming, and then mm. we've got. So we have to win. This game or the one against the Giants because we're not beating Collingwood, right? There's no chance we're beating Collingwood. Yeah. So we need ideally four of the next six, uh, but we could potentially make it with three of the next six. Anything less than that, we're not making it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But look, I, I think I think if we can get back to our best, I think I think we can win. Uh, it can, is in- at our best, we can beat anyone. Yeah, yeah. But and it's it, just worrying that we can also serve up that performance. Mm. And and this is what I say, and this is why I think that um, it's going to be, we're going to learn a lot about this group and we're going to learn a lot about Brad Scott's coaching about 10 minutes into the first quarter on Friday night. Mm. Yeah. Which incidentally yeah. is, is the Don Father's birthday. I was just about to say that. But, I mean, if they're not winning for their captain, I don't know that they're winning for the Don Father. They're definitely not winning for the Don Father. They don't even know who the Don Father is. That's it. That's it. So. Um, yeah. Are, are we done with the preview? Because I've, I've got a little funny funny story. Well, not story, please. but please a little, continue. Little bit of, a little funny. So I was watching uh, the footy show yesterday. Yeah. And um, I think it was the footy show yesterday. I was watching a footy show at some point over the last few days. No, because and, um, I am. Um, when Eston lose like that, I go on AFL blackout. Like, yeah, right. I don't, I don't check news. I don't look at the Facebook feeds. I, I think I want to hear from the listeners. Well, they won't because they won't be listening to this, right? I want to hear from the listeners. If anyone else is like me and when the Bombers lose, if they just go on media blackout for a week. Um, because oh, hang on. Yeah, go. 
how, how funny, like at quarter time, can we please read some of the comments from um, that, <laughs> from the Facebook page? Those yeah. comments were gold um, in on the, on the Facebook page. Yeah. Hang on. Let, let me... So to be clear, this is the Essendon Facebook page. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, so we, you know, oh, hang on. There it is. Um, so quarter time. What was it that their post said? So the pregame post said, "Ready to bring the heat." Oh, that's right. That's where we're at. So yeah, the the um yeah, the, it said, "Ready to bring the heat." So we were scrolling through these at quarter time, and some of the comments were like, "Let me go all comments." Um. So one of them. This wasn't one of the best ones, but all I'm seeing is Geelong having a pretty solid training session. Um, someone else saying um, it's nearly halftime and we're still waiting for it. Um, <laughs> someone else is like, when are we bringing it exactly? And then one was like, <laughs> um, the, our witches' hats are on fire or something. Yes, yes. Um, if there was ever a time to bring it now, uh, if, if there was ever time to bring it now, is that time? Sorry, so I'm this is back. the best one, I reckon. You've brought the heat from a steamy shit this first quarter. Yes, yes, that was the best one. Um, someone's like, didn't even bring an ember. <laughs> um, and what time is the heat <laughs> going to be activated? <laughs> um, what else? What heat? Did I blink and miss something? <laughs> Someone else put the like the frozen faces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone else is like, are we still on the bus? So, um, yeah. So how cold is it? Mm. <laughs> um, so, like... So much heat, they're already cooked. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some good ones. Um, there were some good ones. The headline is clearly for another match because we seriously did not bring the heat. Yeah. Um, that was... <laughs> someone else. That one point was fire. Yeah. Um, so we had it. We had a good little laugh um, reading the comments on that page at at quarter time because um, there wasn't yeah, much else. There to was laugh nothing about. else we could do. Yeah. Um, yes, but I was um, watching the footy show and Matthew Lloyd was talking about Collingwood. Yeah. And a comment um, came up saying uh, something along the lines of. Um, there's a lot. Oh no, it wasn't the footy show. It was um, it was after the game. That's right. You'd gone to get Ashley, and it was after the game. And um, yeah, hey, Hamish McLaughlin and and um, Joe Watson were talking about Collingwood, the Collingwood performance, and um, and and they sort of said, oh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people that don't want to admit that they really like Collingwood and how they're playing. And then Joe Watson rips out the oh yeah, they all just say that they like the coach. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like the Collingwood sympathiser that sometimes um, makes it onto this podcast. That's right. That's right. Oh, I don't like Collingwood. I don't like their play, the way they play. Just I don't like, like their, their jumper. I don't like their coach. I don't like anything about them. I don't like their ex-players. No, it just made me laugh like Joe Watson saying that, yeah, people just say that they like the coach rather than the team. Yeah, that's right. It is funny. It is very I funny. Had a little had a little giggle because that's exactly what Matthew says. Yeah. So um anyway, hopefully mm. we made some people laugh towards the end of that little um doom and gloom episode. Yeah, so look to look forward it, it's we'll see 
we'll see what the response is like on um on Friday. And and unlike other weeks, I don't think just a good performance and a close loss is acceptable. Like no, we need to win. No, this needs to be an, an appropriate response. Is is a good solid win. Mm. Um, and for for the listeners out there, like I said, the the loss is not the disaster. The performance is a disaster. No one would have had this four points cancelled in in the bag. And a lot of uh, a lot of my friends have been saying, "Oh, but we smashed our percentage." It's like, well, I don't think we are still in control of our own destiny. Where it shouldn't be coming down to percentage for us yeah. to be making the eight. And I think and, if you're making the eight on percentage, you probably don't deserve to be in the eight. That's right. That's right. And and the reality is, as as cynical as you know. As well as not disrespectful as we want to be, uh, we've got West Coast at Marvel and North Melbourne at Marvel to come. So I mm. don't think if look if you're losing to either of those teams, you don't need you don't deserve to be there. And really, mm. West Coast at Marvel should be as big a win as we had loss on the weekend, if not bigger. So mm. uh, I don't think percentage is the problem, and I don't think the loss is the problem. It's the manner and just the, the performance that's the issue. Um, yeah, agreed. So let's wait and see what comes out against the Bulldogs on, on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Let's well, wait and see. Mm, well, that was a, a nice, short, sharp episode, Laura. Um, mm. So let's, uh, let's get together Friday night, watch the game, and thanks for joining me. No worries. Where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram at the Don Father Pod. Same on Facebook. They can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening right now. Awesome. And until next time. Go Bombers. Go Bombers.